We're all familiar with perfectly packaged success stories, but what about all the mistakes that led to successes along the way? Our Pen Reflections podcast, hosted by Seniors for the Pen Fund, features the personal stories of Penn alumni who found their career paths, however winding they may have been. My name is Emily Solomon. I'm a member of the class of 2021 and a co-chair for Seniors for the Pen Fund. In these monthly episodes, I'll take you along as we learn what work alumni put in that helped them secure their careers, how to surround yourself with people who believe in your dreams as much as you do, and how to know when to play it safe and when to take a leap of faith for something bigger and better. This month, in honor of Black History Month, we're highlighting the careers of Black Pen alums who forged a path for themselves. So, let's jump right in. Hello and welcome to all our Pen Reflections listeners today. We're so excited to have Gabrielle Glor on this week's episode. How are you doing today, Gabrielle? I'm doing well, Emily. It's great to be here. Yeah. Where are you joining us from today? From Brooklyn, New York. Ooh, nice. Well, thank you so much for um, just being willing to come on this podcast episode. We're so excited to have you. And I just want to give our listeners a a brief little background on you before we begin. So um, I'll start off with that. Um, Gabrielle Glor was awarded a Bachelor of Science in Economics with a concentration in marketing from the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. She's currently a principal in the Glor Group, founded in 2002, which delivers innovative branding, marketing, production, and programming solutions that heighten consumer brand affinity for corporate clients. Ms. Glor leads strategic marketing and event management initiatives that target and leverage the entertainment industry. Prior to forming the Glor Group, Ms. Glor spent, spent 11 years in various marketing roles at Time Warner across businesses, including HBO and Warner Music Group, as well as in the corporate offices. While at HBO, she served as manager of consumer promotions, where she developed and executed national brand promotions for both HBO and Cinemax, as well as implemented program promotions supporting key HBO original movies, series, and big event concerts. Such an impressive resume, Gabrielle. We're so excited to just hear more about the ups and downs of your career path. And um, so just to kick us off, you could tell us a little bit more about yourself, your pen background and and, uh, what you're doing now. Sure, I feel like that was an old bio, Um, (laughs) like decades ago, but um, so I'm happy to catch you up. And yeah, so, you know, as you said, I I was at Wharton undergrad, I concentrated in marketing. Um, when I left Penn, I actually went to HBO. That was my first job, um, in the marketing department. And I had a bit of an interesting path there. Um, I'll, I'll take a step back just to say that when you are, and I'll talk a little bit more about this in the course of our conversation, but when you're at Wharton, Um, at least in 1990, 1991, when I was there graduating, it was, and I'm sure to a certain degree still very much is, a finance and orient, a finance and accounting oriented institution. And so when it was time to look for a job, there weren't any entertainment companies coming at all to, to Penn. The only one that was coming was only coming to see and have interviews with the Wharton graduate students, not the undergraduate students. And that was Fox. And so, you know, I definitely had to kind of chart my own path to figure out, okay, marketing, what do I want to do? 
And I think for marketing, they only had a couple of companies, um, P&G and Clorox that came to Penn. There were like really no other opportunities. And then it was like a zillion banks and consulting firms that were on campus conducting all of their recruiting. So, you know, I, I finagled my way onto the Wharton graduate um, schedule of interviews for Fox, just, you know, at least to have an informational since I was interested in entertainment. But I really had to just kind of leverage some personal relationships to figure out who I could, how I could connect the dots with someone at an entertainment company. And one of the other companies that used to come, I think, to Wharton grad, I think specifically around one of their events, it wasn't really to recruit, was Time Inc. And I met a woman at Time Inc. at like this job fair that I think was something that Wharton was participating in. And she ultimately connected me to another person that connected me to another person that happened to sit in HR at HBO, who coincidentally had also gone to Wharton undergrad, um, but you know, maybe 10 to 15 years um, prior to me. And so I ended up going for this informational interview. They sent me a train ticket and I spent an hour and a half, two hours talking to this person who was, you know, a director in the HR, um, HR group there and about Penn, about, you know, just so many things besides just, you know, what I wanted to do. That was a big part of it, but really just kind of getting to know each other. And the next thing I knew I was, um, same meeting of two hours, let's call it. He said, you know, there's a job that we are looking to hire someone for. We've been exclusively looking at graduate students, but I'd love for you to be considered for this. Um, it's for a special assistant to the CEO of HBO. Um, if he's available, do you have time? Can we try to bring you upstairs so you can meet him? And this was like, you know, had gone from informational interview to- yeah you know, would love for you to sit down with Michael Fuchs, who at that time was the, the CEO of the company. Wow. So I went up and met with his vice president, who was, you know, really going to be the person that managed this special assistant that they were hiring. And the idea of this role was to really, um, to really identify someone who could help with a range of special projects um, that would give you you know, not only an audience with the CEO, but also just give you the opportunity to sit in on meetings and, you know, great exposure, et cetera. So went through, met him that night, went through a series of exercises and homework assignments that they gave me for probably about two or three months. Wow. Um, and through small world connections, I happened to find out that this woman that I had just met about um, at the Whitney Young Conference, um, which is an event that the Wharton graduate students put on every year, um, that I'd met her a, a week ago. She was at Columbia um, Business School and come to find out she and I ended up being the two finalists for this position. And so ultimately they decided to hire this other woman, but they said, we would love for you to, we want to hire you, you know, what you're interested in marketing. We don't have any positions available, but 
I want you to meet the president of marketing and have a conversation with him now. So had that conversation. And then, you know, long story short, they ultimately created a position for me. (laughs) I was reporting to a vice president that had advertising, promotion, direct marketing, and creative services for the, for the network, all um, reporting up into him and basically had the chance to kind of work and do special projects. So it's kind of like I had my own special projects role within um, just not with the CEO, but within marketing. Um, And I also had a relationship with the president of marketing, who was my boss's boss, basically. So it was a great experience to get the lay of the land, to understand the different areas of marketing, and then to kind of pick where I wanted to go and kind of really try to build, um, you know, my experience and skill set, which ended up being promotions for me, which is some of the things that you read um, in that. So it was, it was a great opportunity. And I learned from it to be ready for whatever, because I never thought I'd be meeting with the CEO of the company that day. Um, uh, And to nurture, appreciate and nurture those relationships. So, you know, just across the board, despite not just the senior level relationships, but all relationships. Um, So I was able to spend some time at HBO, which was a great experience. And then I went on to HBO's sister company at the time, Warner Music Group, which was part of Time Warner. Um, Since then, it has spun off to be an independent company. Um, I spent five years there in corporate marketing, which is where I really cut my teeth in terms of uh, having a lot of different consumer marketing experiences, um, doing things completely different than I had the opportunity to do when I was at HBO and really building marketing programs that had television components and just fully integrated marketing um, activations for, for the advertising community. Um, and I just had a great boss that we were in a small division that people weren't really paying attention to, which meant that we got to do a lot of fun things and test things and um, really experiment in a lot of different ways and, and for me to have a lot of responsibility. And then that same person that was in HR that hired me um, and brought me through that system um, to be hired at HBO, he moved to a position at Time Warner Corporate. And he asked me if I would join him in on his team in HR because he was specifically looking for a marketing person, not an HR person, to help them develop an employment brand for the company that would be focused on what's the strategy behind both attracting as well as as well as retaining top tier talent. So that was um, my next role doing something completely different um, and also the opportunity to help him build an executive search firm within the company because I was one of the few employees that Time Warner Corporate was essentially my third job in the company and typically people got places and didn't move and they really wanted to begin to promote that so spent my you know spent a couple years there I'll spare you the detail of a week after I started AOL bought Time Warner and everything <laughs> changed and my role became because they as part of that process they let a lot of people go and the people that were remaining had to assume more traditional HR roles 
And so my job over those two years became less marketing and more traditional kind of HR generalist, which is not where I wanted my path to go. So I decided I would leave the company. I had an opportunity to just, you know, given my tenure there of, you know, almost 12 years um, to be able to leave and just take a minute to figure out what I wanted to do next. And for me, that was everything from, should I go to film school? Should I, you know, go live abroad and just kind of figure out what a job opportunity might look like there? Um, you know, what do I want to do? Because before I left, I, I tried to find another opportunity that was a good fit within the Time Warner system. And they kept serving up, you know, three or four different things that I could do and not leave. And nothing felt right. Nothing felt fun and fulfilling. And so that's where I was like, I should just, you know, take this opportunity to leave and I'll figure it out. And let's just take a minute to rest as well, because that two years of the merger was, was really tough um, on everyone in the company, just the transition and the culture clash and all that good stuff. So it was an opportunity for me to then sync back up with a woman that was heading up one of the areas of marketing back at HBO, who I used to work with. Um, she was in a senior level position. We were having lunch one day. Um, our birthdays are two days apart. And so we always would get together for lunch to celebrate. <laughs> nice. When we, did, when we did that, she was like, you know, I have this project that I'd love for you to work on. And I did. And that started my, you know, HBO being my first client. Um, and that was in 2002. And I've been working with them ever since. And that's kind of evolved into, I now, it's now Warner Media. Um, that's my client, but a longstanding relationship that allowed me to build my consulting practice, yeah. um, which is the Glor Group. So I do a lot of different things. Um, there's a lot of different things that I'm curious about, that I get excited about, that I engage around. But as I mentioned earlier, what was missing for me at Time Warner Corporate was the fun and the fulfilling part of whatever it is that I'm doing. So I, I kind of made it my mission that working for myself allowed me choice and flexibility yeah. to kind of figure out what I wanted to work on, who I wanted to work on it with, and how, how I would do that. And that just kind of became the commonality across all the different things that I decided that I wanted to work on and that I wasn't going to just limit myself to, I just do this. And so it's been so rewarding over these last, you know, almost 20 years, I guess, um, of working for myself that I've been able to do everything from work from nonprofits to, you know, curate content. I lead a film festival here in New York called Urban World. I run a foundation that's focused on, you know, women's issues called Leading Women Defined. I'm a consulting producer at Warner Media for a content innovation hub within the company. I just produced a film that was released um, at the end of the year called Sylvie's Love that was um, released on Amazon Prime Video December 23rd. So I do a lot of fun things and, you know, I do a lot, but what keeps me going is just the intersection of creativity and culture and activism and 
bringing in my marketing and my strategy and my, you know, ability to curate experiences um, that are very intentional and that hopefully have a lot of impact. Wow. That is seriously so cool. I was just loving, loving hearing how you're like a master, I feel like at making connections and like finding the fun and fulfillment, you know, in your life. I just think it's really just so inspiring hearing. Um, yeah, just your, your background and then like what you're currently up to now for the past, you know, 18 years um, at the Glore group is just, that is so cool. And I'm like, wow, my, you knocked my socks off there. <laughs> oh, so I'm curious though. Um, so something we wanted to pull out and kind of like see with this podcast is like, um, you know, maybe not your biggest failure, but what are some of your like failures that you've experienced along the way and like what you learned from them? Um, we just think it'd be so valuable for the Penn seniors to, to hear a little bit more um, about like the road bumps that you maybe experienced and, and just how you grew from them and how you, how you learned from them. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad that you qualified, you know, biggest failure because I feel like that <laughs> makes me think like the, dramatic thing that, you know, changed your life forever. And I feel like, you know, life is, um, I really feel like it's the imperfections in life that make life more interesting. And I feel like, you know, there's so many misstep and missteps and, you know, failures that people have that, you know, collectively um, really create opportunity um, create opportunities for trying new things, opportunities for becoming vulnerable. I mean, just, you know, a range of emotions that you go through when you experience something not going the way that you intended or expected. Um, one example that I can give is, is actually connected to my experience at Penn um, directly. So hopefully it's relevant. And I, I don't know if your listenership is, um, you know, across freshmen through seniors, or if it tends to be people that are about to graduate, but this is something that um, is hopefully relevant and just there's a takeaway overall. And that's when I came, when I decided to go to Penn, you know, I applied, I applied to a series of schools. Um, and when I got into Wharton undergrad, you know, I knew that Wharton was the best undergraduate business school that was out there. And to me, that was the reason to take that opportunity. What I didn't do, which I wish I had, was to dig a little bit deeper into what that experience was really gonna be like um, and, and what it meant for my future, because I knew that I wanted to be in marketing and, you know, I probably at Penn could have had a much more fulfilling experience if I had taken a different path at Penn. Mm -hmm. So given the fact that Warden is very much focused on the finance and the accounting and the consulting to, um, you know, at least back then a lesser degree, but that wasn't what I wanted to do when I graduated in four years. And I felt, so it was a bit stifling for me. I should have done more research to really understand what going to Wharton was like at that particular time, because it also, at that time, 
going abroad, you really couldn't figure out going abroad for a semester unless you wanted to take summer school. Like you couldn't finish in four years and go abroad. And, you know, just things like that, which were really important to just kind of the spirit of who I am. I'm a traveler, I'm an explorer. And so that was stifling. Um, But I really should have like gone to the gone, I should have been in the Annenberg School of Communication and taken some marketing <laughs> classes at Wharton, you know, versus being in Wharton. So that was a big lesson learned because like I said, trying to get a job, like it just wasn't um, set up for me yeah. in the same way that it was set up for other people that went there because they wanted to be on Wall Street. They wanted, they, they, they were on the track for an analyst program kind of thing. So yeah. And, and the other thing too, is like, I was one of the lone women in those classes. Um, and I certainly was one of the lone people of color in those classes and just kind of the professors, just the people around me, the people in front of me teaching me, you know, all of that um, contributes to your experience. And so I could have had a better experience if I had done a little bit more research on the program Um, And I came to, they did an event, like usually, I think it was in like February. And let's say you find out if you get in, 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 it was April, I think, but um, I, so I went in February before then they invite you to come and I had a great time, but again, the academics, just that day-to-day experience, I wish I had done more research and it, it just meant that I had to um, fend for myself um, and that there were things that I couldn't do because of that choice. So I guess the lesson learned for me was just really know what you're getting into and make sure that it's the right fit for you. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Hey, it's so encouraging for me because uh, I'm a communication major and consumer psych minor. So I feel like I kind of, you know, got the little piece of the Wharton pie of like the marketing aspect. But um, yeah. yeah, it's really just so encouraging because like, I'm like, wow, you know, you um, are really, you know, just inspiring me and I would love to do what you do someday. So this is, this is good news to hear. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm curious, like hearing your story, I'm wondering just like, um, who do you feel like is like, how do I word this? Of like the people that were the most like inspiring and influential to you along your journey? Um, Cause I feel like, yeah, you just like have so much uh, wisdom to share and all this stuff. And I was just curious, like, who do you feel like you um, learned a lot from and like what resources were you really um, pulling from along your, along your career path? Yeah, you know, so I think, you know, first of all, both my parents, um, my dad was in marketing, which is how I, my proximity to marketing at an early age was because, because of him. And so, you know, he was certainly, and didn't push me in that direction, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed hearing him talk about it and seeing what he was, what he was doing. Um, So that was inspiring and influential in terms of me saying, this is what I think I wanna do. Let's go explore this and concentrate on it in college. Um, And what I learned from my dad um, to this day is just kind of like the the scrappiness and the grittiness and just, you know, getting in there and being rambunctious and mischievous and a troublemaker Um, and, you know, a good troublemaker. 
that yeah. <laughs> gets things done like that, you know, just not afraid. So yeah. my mother um, also, you know, just, she was in academia. She was a Dean at Washington University. Um, she was there for like 30 years. Um, and, and what I learned from my mother among many things is just her grace. And I feel like this combination of grit and grace are, you know, just attributes that, that I strive to embody in the work that I do, um, personally and professionally. Um, another person was the person that I mentioned, his name is Kiko Washington. He's the person that was in HR that went to Wharton undergrad that ultimately brought me into HBO and hired me later. He taught me the definition of, um, or the difference and definition, but the difference between a mentor and a sponsor. And he was never a mentor to me. Um, I probably thought he was early on, but then I realized that he was a sponsor. Do you know the difference, Emily, between the two? Yeah, I'm curious. I'm almost wondering if like a sponsor, maybe someone who's like almost even like more invested than a mentor. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I haven't heard the distinction, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's, you're exactly right. And a sponsor (laughs) is basically someone who advocates for you when you're not in the room. So a mentor is someone who gives you great advice and helps guide you. You might want to think about this. Let me connect you with this person. But when it comes down to how do I get that promotion? How do I advance? How do I reach a goal that I've set for myself? And it's not up to me to make that happen. It's up to someone else. And so when you've got a sponsor that is connected to that someone else that, you know, advances your career in a certain way or advances some other opportunity for you, and they're saying, Gabrielle Glore is the person without question for this reason, this reason, this reason. And that's happening behind closed doors as decisions are being made. That's a sponsor. So that was what Kiko was for me um, in a couple of different, I mean, in many different instances in my, you know, 30 year career. So I think it's important to under, for people to understand that distinction, not only just, you know, undergraduate college students, but just people in general um, in corporate America should really, and and outside of corporate America should understand um, the difference between the two. Um, And then the last person I'll say is just my boss at Warner Music Group. Um, I spent those five years there. I mentioned that we worked closely. We were a small team. He really just empowered me to grow up and not just be like someone just out of college, but to actually be you know, an executive and to have different experiences and to try things. And, you know, he was known as like the bull in the China shop. And yet he had that grit, you know, he was more the grit and I was the grace in that situation. (laughs) Um, And then, but I learned grit from him. I reinforced grit from him in, you know, getting that from my father as well. So I'd say those were the, the influencers in my trajectory. Yeah, yeah, you need a little bit of both, you know, you need the grit, you need the grace and uh, you end up as a really, you know, a happy, a happy um, medium there of resilience and also just like, um, just grace uh, meeting with it as well. That's, that's awesome. I, I, um, 
Oh, I want to, I could feel like I could talk to you for, for days, but um, I want to be conscious of your time. So I guess maybe um, one last question that I'll ask is I'll let you kind of take it however you want to go with it. But um, if you could step into my shoes as an interviewer, like what would you have asked yourself during this uh, podcast interview that, that I didn't? And maybe what p final like words of advice would you want to leave us with? Um, anything that we didn't cover yet? Yeah, I think, you know, I always like to think about and then, you know, for myself, but then ask the question of others as to, you know, what indelible imprint do you want to leave in this world, you know? So for me, it's like, what is the legacy you want to leave behind? And for that to really become your North Star and in all that you do personally and professionally, you know, it's something that, that I, I hold very close to my heart in terms of, you know, the things that are really important for me um, to accomplish and the impact um, that I personally want to leave um, in, in life. So that's, that's what I would say. Yeah. Well, that's, Hey, that's an amazing question that, um, yeah, we all, we all need to be asking ourselves and um, yeah, something, something I think about a lot is like, what, yeah, what legacy are you leaving and what, what imprint are you leaving? That is, I feel like great piece of advice for maybe our senior listeners, but also for, for any of our, our listeners, um, whether they're current Penn students or, or Penn alum, it's just, it's a question I feel like we, we should all definitely be asking. So I'm curious um, if our listeners did want to connect with you online, um, maybe like after this pot, after listening to this podcast and they're like, Ooh, I totally want to hear more. Um, what would be the best way that you feel like um, whether LinkedIn email, what, what do you prefer um, kind of as a method of, just keeping in contact um, with our with our students or alum. I would say um, Instagram is you know if you want to direct message me on Instagram, I'm most active on Instagram across yeah. social media. Yeah, I'm on Facebook as well, and and I'm on I'm barely on Twitter, um, <laughs> but yeah, I Instagram is is you know where where I am, and I'm I'm definitely. Um, I check Instagram the most regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That, um, that is, that is great. Especially I feel like for students, that's probably where they're, <laughs> they're active the most too. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, Gabrielle, just for, for coming on this podcast, um, this evening and then giving us really just great, great wisdom, um, things to, things to consider and how to balance, you know, grit and, and grace in our, in our future career paths and just how to also seek fun and fulfillment. I love, I love that. And um, I think it can be applied to whoever, whoever listens and whatever uh, path they might find themselves on. So thank you again for joining. And, You're so um, welcome, Emily. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. And to all our listeners, um, hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to Pen Reflections, hosted by Seniors for the Pen Fund. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you'd like to make a lasting impact for Penn undergraduates, you can make a gift on our website at pennfund.upenn.edu slash give. Make sure to tune in next month to hear more advice from our amazing alum. See you next time.